Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And good day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and you're listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. We have been marching right through the book of Revelation here, and it has been verse by verse. And I want to thank you for following so diligently and studying these, as we see in the scriptures, Acts 17, verse 11. The Berean Christians would study the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And I really appreciate when I get an email or some contact from someone who is following these podcasts or our other teaching on heaven and saying, listen, I am studying these things, or I've become a Bible reader, or maybe this has helped me become a Bible teacher within my study group or maybe my church. And boy, that is so, so exciting for me to hear. I appreciate you coming along. And as we have been going through our studies on heaven, you know, we have been, my goodness, in the past year, it has been absolutely amazing on the different truths that we can uncover and share with one another. The promises for the believer, such as the the reward seat of Christ in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, the fact that we will have incorruptible bodies, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 53 through 57 tell us that, and we will have immortal bodies. We'll walk with God, Revelation chapter 21 and verse 3. We will never suffer any pain. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4, as a matter of fact, all things in the new earth with the Lord will be absolutely new. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 5. Revelation chapter 22, verse 5 says, we'll reign with the Lord. Now, these all happen as we see it introduced in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. The new heaven and the new earth are introduced by John which tells us God will now walk with us in that new domain at the capital city, which is the Father's home that Jesus had prophesied in John chapter 14. My Father's house are many places. I'm going to go finish it up, come and get you. This is the location of what we would know as God's home on the new earth. There are things that have to happen before then, and that is the reason why we're looking in the book of Revelation. When God's judgment comes down, we see it, explicitly. Somebody says, well, where is that where God's judgment comes down on the earth against the rebellious? You'll find it in Revelation starting in chapter 6, going all the way through chapter 19. And in there, we see the judgments coming. We see that there are those that will make decisions for Christ by the score. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9 says, there will be such a response to the missionaries, the 144,000 missionaries, going out, and we, we've talked about those in the beginning of this chapter, there is such a, a response. John is looking at the venue in heaven in his vision, and in verse 9 he says, I can't count the number. They're from all nations and tongues and languages, uh, people groups all over, and they're celebrating the Lord. It's just beyond me to be able to count them. Now we've gone through in Revelation chapter 14 describing very clearly who the 144,000 are, the missionaries. And so as we move on and we see the description of them, then we start in verse 6, and that's what I want to talk with you about right now, is in chapter 6. Then I saw another angel flying high overhead with the eternal gospel to announce to the inhabitants of the earth, 
the earth, the inhabitants of the earth during the tribulation, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He spoke with a loud voice. Here's what he said. Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship the one who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Verse 8. And another, a second angel, followed, saying, It has fallen, Babylon the great has fallen. She made all the nations drink of the wine of her sexual immorality, which brings wrath. We'll stop at that one there. Let's go far as far as we can in the time that we have, and let's uh, be thorough rather than speedy. And so we're going to go ahead and take a look here, and uh, we take a look at this. these angels start showing up. And we see angels all through the Bible. We've talked about that. We've seen them in Daniel chapter 9, talking to Daniel. Luke chapter 1, making announcement to Mary about the Messiah. Angels coming and protecting uh, those, those and warring. Uh, we see them all over. But now we see something here. This angel is coming and it is making the, he is making an announcement here. Now, when we go way back, we see that there was an angel in the trumpet judgments, and that's going to be back in Revelation chapter 11. We see that they were uh, giving, uh, as it was coming, warnings and announcements and directions of what's going on. We find those. Uh, we go back into Revelation chapter 8, and we see in verse 13, there was a message from another angel, and these messengers, these heavenly messengers are all about. So now, it is important for us to say, now they, they, it is delineated, now here's another angel coming along. In the midst of heaven, we're talking about in the sky, up above, people are seeing it, above the wrath of God on the earth, coming and making an announcement. And this is an announcement of mercy. This is the, well, we see this in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. It talks about the eternal covenant. This is the everlasting gospel. This is what will bring eternal life, this everlasting gospel, not just temporary good news. You know, the evangels, the, the town criers, the announcement givers of the Roman Empire would come every once in a while and give good news of a tax holiday or some sort of a break, and that was temporary news. And we find it interesting because in the book of Mark, as it starts off, you see it says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, they might say, well, this is the evangel of Caesar, and here it is. This is an announcement I'm about to make, gather around, and this is a good news for a day of tax relief or a holiday set up in honor of the, the Caesar's birthday or something like this. But in Mark, oh, it's the, the eternal gospel, the, the, the everlasting gospel that is being uh, brought, and there's no doubt that that was used, that term by Mark was used in reference to the evangels making the temporary announcements, eternal good news, and that's what's happening here, the eternal gospel. The everlasting gospel is announcing it, and to those, he's saying this, there is still mercy. This is coming, uh, he is coming to preach to those who dwell on the earth, and as they are in the trial of the tribulation, the Greek words thlipsis, the great pressure, Think about the pressure between soul and body as this is going on. The attacks of Satan, the wrath of God, there needs to be a decision made, and here is the relief that is being brought. And when we talk about that, when we see that 
uh, relief is being given. And it's brought by an angel, so you know it is a heavenly delivery uh, in here. When we take a look at this, and we're always encouraged whenever we realize that God still extends mercy and grace to those. And I find this most, most important for us to remember. There are people that will tell me, and this is more than once, somebody says, oh, I'm too far gone. I'm too far gone. Uh, there, There is no hope. But then I say, you know, Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, God shows his love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And that's Luke 19.10. Jesus Christ came, the Son of Man came, to seek and to save the lost. And I always think about this whenever we go in. This is a principle here. Now, this applies to Christians, but there is a principle nonetheless. And listen, do you remember this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, where it says, no testing, no temptation has overtaken you except something common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. Will with the temptation provide the way of escape also that you could bear it. Now that's a promise of relief to the Christian. And I find that God will do this many times as we see this even to the unsaved. This is coming down and he's saying there is still a call to receive the good news. All you have to do is step into my household, step into my family, be submissive to me rather than submissive to the pounding punishment by uh, Satan, by the enemy forces. To those who dwell on the earth, and they are listening here during this time, and they can make a decision and be relieved of all this. It's to everybody. You know, every once in a while in one of my different classes or social media when I make a presentation, there will be somebody coming on with a cultic belief saying, no, salvation is only available to this race, this culture, this group. We see the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Galatians 3 says there is no difference between uh, the races, the genders, the financial standing, all right? And you also see it here. This is offered to everybody. They, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every people. This is what we were called to do whenever we look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. We're seeing the Great Commission. And what does it tell us? That we're to make disciples of all the nations. We're to go out in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching, baptizing, moving about everybody. Everybody can hear this, and this is for everybody. Remember Mark 16, verse 15, the gospel. Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And this is what's going on here in this wonderful, wonderful note of relief here. Fear God and give glory to him. And that's going to be the first step in salvation is to understand who is in charge, not only of your life, but of all lives. Fear God. Show him the reverential awe and respect due to him. And when he is bringing this, this is giving the first step. And no doubt the missionary work there of those in chapter 14 and chapter 7 are in this. Well, how can I fear God? How can I give glory to him? And we see this. This is happening when we see the, at the same time, Revelation 13, the active loyalty call by the, well, it could even be in more than just a call. It might be something of coercion 
or it might be of deception. But the beast is trying to get the mark onto the people to identify with him, which we know in verse 13 of Revelation 13 as 666 on there. But we see this fear God, give glory to him, and we keep seeing this through the scripture. If you remember Handel's Messiah, and we see that wisdom and honor and power and glory forever and ever to the Lord. Amen. We see a worthy is the lamb that was slain. And we continually see this term giving glory to him. Why? The hour of his judgment is come. Now you just saw this is the, the, the plan of escape, the good news. Now here's the warning. The good news is that you can escape this, but here's the warning. What are you escaping? The hour of his judgment is come. It is coming now. We looked at this in Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 and 3. It used the Greek term saying, it will come suddenly. It will come quickly, as in speedily, when it comes. There's no time for you to look up and say, okay, give me a half an hour and I'll get this thing right now. I'll, I'll change my life. No, it's going to come. And this is what it's talking about here. It is on its way. This is the judgment that's coming from God. Those who worship him, who made heaven and earth, we see this under the wonderful, wonderful call of the identification of the one who has the right for this. And so he, he made heaven and earth. He made it wonderful. He promises us in the new earth that those in his presence, the believers, will have fullness of joy, as it says in Psalm 16, verse 11. Wonderful, wonderful promises here for the believer. Listen, when we are with him, as we follow him, as Jesus says in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. So if they follow him and the Lord has the right at any time, you say, well, they didn't spend their whole life serving the Lord. This is up to God. God is the author of time. God is the author of opportunity. He's the author of salvation. When he wants someone to come, even if that's the 11th hour, that's up to him. I'm just glad that he saw that I was given the plan of salvation, and I leave it at that whenever I'm so happy knowing the way that I was. And so when we see this here, we worship him who made heaven and earth, and those that are saying, is it possible for me after what I've done? Absolutely. The hand is extended of salvation. Revelation, uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse 13 can be just as good then as it is now. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus says, they follow me. Whosoever will may come. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 11, the Lord says, come all ye who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Can you imagine how weary the people are here? So this is an extension of this joy and this wonder and of salvation that's being offered here. Isn't this something? In the midst of all this, there is still the opportunity for those to come to salvation. And maybe you know somebody like that right now. Somebody's reading this and saying, wow, you know, we're hearing this. This is really something else. Boy, are people going to get it. Why would we be content with just saying, well, that's going to be God's judgment? We might know somebody that may be under that judgment. And it is important for us to follow, as we just read about those scriptures, that we should be able to go and reach them in the Great Commission of telling people and warning them. And if you're listening to this, to this right now and are under the deception that, well, you know, as long as I just am not really antagonistic toward God, 
I'll remind you what it says in Matthew chapter 7. There are many that will be stunned as they have been complimentary to God. And Lord, Lord, haven't we done wonderful things in your name? Haven't we done churchy things, spoke well of you? And he says, I never knew you. I never knew you. And they will not find heaven. So even now, the time is so important for us to be able to witness to those and let them know of the truth of the gospel. This indeed is good news in the midst of this terrifying scenario. Thank you so much. This is Brad. I appreciate you walking with me through the book of Revelation. And as we're in Revelation chapter 14, we're seeing this. And I'm thankful that this wrath can have an escape. And that's salvation through Jesus Christ, the Savior who took upon the sins of mankind, that anybody, whosoever will, may come. And I hope that that would be you and friends that we can meet together in heaven. Thank you so much. God bless you. And Lord willing, we'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.